I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, hello, sporting friends, and welcome, if you will, to the Indie Football Podcast. Uh, Finally, uh, talking about a Super Sunday that lived up to its superlative name, uh, superlative billing, and to guide you through this weekend's action... And of course, the Champions League draw, which has just this hour concluded. I'm joined by a man who will provide analysis that is snappier than Jurgen Klopp in a post-match interview. It's Miguel Delaney, everybody. Yep, thanks. No, no problem. Uh, how are you doing today? Uh, okay, a little bit tired. Yeah, always always, uh, always away on a Monday morning. The other half of this footballing... Well, I got, got up late last night. You know. All right, no one cares. <laughs> and the other half of this footballing odd couple uh, with jokes as saucy as Jose Mourinho's coat after yet another fight in the tunnel. It's Jack Pitbrook. Hi, Ed. Hi, mate. Uh, I know strictly no sauce thrown in this instance. It was more dairy. Uh, how are we feeling on the on the minor details of... I thought uh, that was a reference to man's not hot. No, I don't know what you're talking about. What? What? Is this some sort of cultural reference? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I'm, uh, Actually, the one thing about he, Mourinho, probably he thought City were milking it. Yes, he did think City were milking it. Huh? Well, well identified. Huh? Um <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to yeah. skim that joke out of the way. Don't, don't edit that out. Yeah, possibly edit that out. Um, an incredible afternoon of football on Sunday, yeah. uh, of which obviously we're going to start at the very beginning, uh, mainly because we've got Jack here and Jack was there at St Mary's for Southampton versus Arsenal. Chilly, was it? Uh, yeah, it was a, freezing. A bracing wind coming off the coast? Yeah, it was really cold. And uh, the game itself, just give us uh, cliff notes. Um, Saints were really, really good. Um they went How ahead. How feeling about Pellegrino now? Yeah. yeah, I kind of feel like he might have cracked it. So, mm-hmm. obviously they were, you know, they were unlucky to lose at City the other week. In this game, uh, they scored after two minutes. They were all over Arsenal for the first ten minutes. Arsenal started a bit like they started the Man United game, as in disastrously badly at the back. Uh, Charlie Austin could have scored about four goals uh, in the opening few minutes of the game. They went one nil up, and then they defended really, really well. Like they were happy to sit deep, defend in a kind of 5-4-1 that turned into a sort of 4-3-3 when they had the ball. Um, but they were really, really, they were really impressive. And how, how were they creating, by the way? Because Pellegrino's a, a good defensive coach, I mean, as you might expect from a centre-back, I guess. Uh, his Alaves team were, were solid, but the, their problem came against the kind of, I guess, basically, they're always, the margins will always be fine with a defensive team because if you don't beat the smaller teams, then you're suddenly in trouble. Mm. And I kind of, Fancy them to play tight against teams like Arsenal, but how were they creating chances? Basically, almost all on the break. Like they didn't really, they hardly ever would dominate possession and then try and take things from there. Tadic was really good. Um, Austin, you know, runs he runs in behind a lot. He's busy. He gets he, he gets caught offside a few times, but um, I thought their creative play was okay. And to be honest, the more Arsenal threw at it in the second half, the more dangerous Saints were. They had some. Uh, Nathan Redmond had a really good chance to go to make it two 0 um, and you know, if you took in that, it would have been game game over. Arsenal kind of worryingly couldn't create anything despite dominating possession for basically the whole game. In terms of actual chances, Fraser Forster had to make one save from Ramsey in the first half, had to make a save from an Alexis Sanchez free kick in the second half, and then in the 89th minute, Sanchez hits a crossover from the left and Giroud nods it in. 
for um, a goal completely out, out of nowhere. It's a bit weird, Ars. I mean, they go, they go through so many of these kind of like odds, but like leading up to the Spurs game, you know, and with that result, it kind of looked when it was, it was one of their kind of periodic. We are good now, and now it's back to kind of like yeah, just when you think, just when you think that. Since they, in, since they, they posted that like gift of the team, they pull you back out. <laughs> they're just a they're just a patchy team. They're just a patchy <laughs> yeah. team who are yeah. flawed. Yeah. They're not. Did just, the impression? Um, just when you thought they were in, they pull you back out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that came that came with added arm motions. Uh, obviously, yeah. on an on an audio medium, not necessarily the best. But not, not quite Silvio Dante. Not 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 yet. Mm. Um, but yeah, like. They'd won five. They'd won five in six before the Man United yeah. game, and the only one of those which they'd lost was Man City away, which is obviously the hardest and game of the season. Okay they had three clean sheets in a row. Then they go into the United game. They completely screw up the first ten minutes. Give gift away two goals. Mm. Lose the game. This game, terrible first minutes. Gift gift away a goal. Draw this one just about. Luckily, like they're already. I think basically the. I mean, the the problems are more or less the same problems they've always had. The defence isn't great. Like, they had solidity for a while, but it, it was solidity with these kind of old, slow players. And with yeah. Scott and Mustafi out for this game, they had Per Mertesacker, who looked nowhere near ready, basically, mm-hmm. to be playing mm-hmm. the Premier League. Um, I don't really think that, that... They're not... They can be really good at, at creating chances when they're on top, but they're not that good at picking through a mass defence. Like there were so many times in this game where Xhaka and Ramsey would have the ball and Saints would retreat and it was on them to do something good with it. And Xhaka didn't have the quality to do anything good with it. And Ramsey's always looking to kind of run off the ball, basically, rather yeah, than do anything yeah. in possession. Um, and then you've got the bigger issue, which is Ozil and Sanchez. Like Ozil has been playing brilliantly recently, but wasn't. he had, had a few nice moments, but wasn't great. And then Sanchez was terrible. Like Sanchez... To me, it looks like he's been playing within himself for a while. I think the, he's not really. I don't think he's got over the the twin blows of not getting a move to Manchester City and Chile not going to the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, it looks like he's just kind of playing out of time at Arsenal, hoping that he'll get a move in January. So, I think we've pretty much covered off of Arsenal Southampton, uh, which was uh, the third biggest game of the day. Let's be honest. Um, nonetheless, thank you for making the trip down <laughs> there. Um, <laughs> Liverpool Everton. Obviously, neither of you were at. I was uh, on a train for the, the all of it. We had MJ Critch. No, no, he was with you yeah. in Manchester, wasn't yeah. he? So Simon Hughes was there for us. Um, Liverpool, basically the, the biggest story to come out of this game, Liverpool rested Philip Coutinho and Roberto Firmino. They dominated the game, should have won by several. Sadio Mane, uh, in particular, wasted a, a great chance. Um, they did score a wonderful goal through, through Mo Salah, but then Everton get a controversial penalty later on. It's converted by Wayne Rooney and it's a draw in the end. So where do you stand on the argument that Klopp should have played a stronger team? Because they were still the better side. So there's there's two kind of sides. So I've seen people say, well, he played a team that dominated the game and should have won if they'd taken their chances. So there's nothing wrong with the team selection he did. And, you know, and, and at the end of the day, he needs to keep rotating his squad. Or are you more on the other side where it's, well, you play your strongest team in a huge derby game that your fans really care about. You you get the results secure and then you can start rotating. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'd probably go with the latter only because of the fixtures that surround it. I mean, they won 7 0 in midweek in a stroll. And that was, I think, was, it, was that the Tuesday game? Mm, I can't remember. Either, yeah. either way, it's, it's still, even so, it's Wednesday, it's Sunday, that's a lot of time. Then the midweek game coming is West Brom at home. So I think it's, 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 it's surprising that he chose the derby in the middle 
to to rest two players unless he he spotted something tactical. But I can't really see that given given he's you know Coutinho is actually their best player. And Jack, yeah, presumably you've seen his post match interview, Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, Klopp's got this habit of real kind of chippiness when things go against him, which he's a bad is loser. kind of yeah, he's really really bad loser. Mm. Which is at odds with his like drawer, really it? performative "I'm a great bloke" thing, which I think you know the Germany in Holloway, as uh, someone I know calls it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I like Klopp. I think he is he's obviously a smart, funny, interesting guy. But equally, he's not. There is this kind of like prickly side to him, and I don't mm. think he comes across in right. a very good light. If, if you're a guy who is going to get that angry as like as angry as he did about conceding an equaliser in a big derby game like that. And play your strongest team in the derby game if you care so much about it. I, I, and I've had loads of people today telling me that it doesn't matter because they dominated the game. Well, no, you, if you, you play, if you play your absolute strongest mm. get, team, you win that game. You put it beyond that. Everton were dreadful. Mm. Everton, like it was a pitiful performance, really, in terms of, like you talk about Mourinho not wanting to play the game. Allardyce put them out to defend, and the first half particularly, they were just just die. They had like one shot on target, mm. and that should be a game that this Liverpool team wins easily. And with a week inside, they didn't. That's where that's where I come down on it. It's you've dropped a point because yeah. against an Allardyce team, like, you, you unnecessarily put it at risk, and that's what happened. I mean, if if Coutinho's there, they probably take more of those chances. Yeah, for sure. And and you know, I appreciate Liverpool will be a stronger a stronger team next season with Naby Keita in there and and whoever. But this was just this was a result that you know the the instance I talked about earlier with Sadio Mane. I don't know if if you saw it, you were on the train, mm. but he threw on goal. And there are two or three guys queuing up. He's basically one-on-one with the keeper. There's two or three guys queuing up alongside him. He just needs to pass it, and he shoots instead. It misses. Like, smiles about it. But then it, so many of these great chances that they miss, then comes back to bite them. Yeah. Whether or not you think it was a penalty. Have you seen the penalty incident, Jack? Yeah, it yeah. was definitely a penalty. No, I thought it was a penalty as well. Um, so you can't really cling to that. And that's my main takeaway from the Merseyside derby. Anything else that strikes you guys from that? Well, it's funny, we're now in this... Pos- I mean, what I'm sure we'll come on to this when we do the Champions League draw, but we're now in this position where City look like they're going to get 100 points or near enough in the mm. Premier League. But they're Chelsea, Manchester United, Liverpool and Tottenham, who all got no chance in the Prem, are going to be focusing fully on the yeah, Champions yeah. League. It's, and yeah. could all... Like, are all really dangerous teams who could definitely beat anyone, including City, over two legs mm. with, on, the, with on the rubber their day, green. On, like, when they play their best, could Liverpool beat anyone in Europe? Definitely. Yeah, I'd say yeah, so, yeah. Because yeah. they, they, they kind of build up to this kind of hurricane barometer. Um, you could, they could stick three or four past yeah, any yeah. team, so right? Yeah, the, the issue, the issue, the issue with, with this Liverpool isn't the top level they can reach. It's the more sustainable level. Yeah, right, yeah, so yeah, yeah. They haven't really got that consistency. Like mm. Arsenal, they haven't got the consistency that goes with being a top team. Mm. Well, you wouldn't have but Arsenal. Their, their top level is much higher than Arsenal's. Yeah. yeah, no, no. I think their ceiling, their ceiling is beyond mm. what Arsenal can achieve. Um, so yeah, uh, Everton. Just a word on them. Uh, starting to turn it around slightly under Sam, as you'd expect. Wait, Wayne Rooney has now got as many goals as Romelu Lukaku this season in the league. Yes, because he's yeah. as good a striker. Better. Well, better. Well, well, was better. Um, and Romelu Lukaku plays for Manchester United, who played a derby game this weekend yeah. against Manchester City at Old Trafford. Miguel, you were there. Yeah. Um, Jack, you were certainly watching. Uh, so give me your biggest takeaway from that mix. Um, t- title's over, I suppose, to be. Is, is the oh, no, come on. Yeah. We've been saying that for weeks. Yeah. Get a better one from that. Um, it, I think this emphasis, this really made Crystal... I think this was a huge game for Mourinho because this was 
both a glimpse of the future and justified so many recent concerns. I mean, if he's not uh, even allowing for the loss of Pogba, if you're not going to do a bit more in this game, then uh, what, what, what's what's the overall plan here with United against the kind of this, especially against a superpower like City? And all, I thought it was one of the things actually I've been thinking about it more and more since the game is finished. I sensed a lot of irritation in Old Trafford about this city. I think this is a really good supporter chant because of how much it got under their skin. The uh, the pack, uh, pack the bus, pack the bus, Man United chants. Yeah, yeah. And, and they were getting clearly provoked by it because you did hear the attack, attack, attack chants coming yeah. from Old Trafford, which we, we've heard before. But in a game like this, um, Jack, we were saying earlier on that one of the, probably Mourinho's biggest achievements since he took over at Man United isn't signing Pogba, it isn't getting that defence mm. to work. It's probably convincing the fans that they're somehow underdogs. Yeah, he's completely gaslighted them. Yeah. It's been amazing. Like he, you know, they have. I mean, I know Pogba was injured, but they do have. They have hundreds, hundreds of millions of pounds worth of footballers. If they Pogba, have, if Pogba played, would they have been any different? Yeah, like if if you took. I mean, if hypothetically, you took all the attacking players that play for Manchester City. Yeah. Out of that team and replaced them with the attacking players that play for Manchester United. I think particularly Martial, Rashford. Yeah. Uh, Mikatarian, Pogba if he was fit, yeah. Matter, like City would be amazing. It's, it's actually, it's, it, in fact, in terms of the profile of the players, I know you. Okay, maybe United don't have a De Bruyne, but then a Pogba could be a De Bruyne. Maybe it, 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 we're drawn. Like he's got, the, he's got, he's got the ability to imagine what Pogba yeah. would be like under Guardiola. This is This is this is a dodgy question for United in that sense as well, or for, or for United <laughs> fans. We should do a piece on this. Yeah. Uh, so if, <laughs> if you're listening, don't write this piece before we publish it. <laughs> you can have Herrera as the Fernandinho. Yeah. Uh, Pogba as De Bruyne. Uh, Mata as David Silva. Mikatar, um, you'd have you probably, yeah, so, you, probably drop Lukaku. And in fact, just you'd have Martial yeah. as a centre footballer, as a sort of Gabriel Jesus, Rashford as a sort of Sane, mm. and then Mikatarian as the Raheem Sterling. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a really good team. It's, it's, it's true. Give actually. them six months to a year of coaching under Pep. Are you going to do that, that piece today? Would, and that team would win the league. Yeah, you should do that piece today. Yeah, why not? Yeah, um, hopefully before anyone listens. Yeah. Uh, if not, <laughs> but, then uh, head to independent.co.uk/football right now to read Jack's <laughs> brilliant uh, piece. To cut across, but even like before Mourinho got his hands on him, really. Matter, there was all this debate over who was the best Spanish Spanish little playmaker in England. Was it was it Mata? Was it Silva? Or was it Casola? Mm. Like that was actually the discussion at the time. Now, obviously, Silva's kind of proven himself to be level of both of them. And Casola died a couple of years ago, didn't he? Poor, poor old Santi. Poor old Santi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that picture of his ankle yeah. is mm. just dreadful, isn't it? A lovely man. But well, Fair. I mean, but he's he's evolved into a different player as well. Like, yeah, he's kind yeah, of that deep guy yeah. now. But yeah, but the, Mata but he, and Silva obviously playing different roles. But but Mata is. That proverbial bird in the cage. Isn't the, he? the other side of actually, um, I, th- I think uh, Bar- Barney Rene tweeted this because we'd actually been discussing it on the train up. But he said, "If you, uh, sorry, the train back. If you, if you look at that um, at that city team, like as well as as, as good as, as much as Pep has them pur- purring, and as much as our Mourinho would probably try to try this this whole argument. Oh, how could I possibly produce a tactical miracle against a team this big and have to do what I can do? This it's not <laughs> Pep's burst in the sense that Fernandinho isn't Busquets." You know, um, Kyle Walker is is probably the was maybe the defender closest to his prime in that back four, but he's not Danny Alves. Nicolas Adamendi has come on a lot, but is still a bit suspect in possession. Vincent Company isn't what he was. Fabian Delph is is a compromise. They could be got at, mm-hmm. uh, and and yeah. you know I just couldn't get at them. Yeah, they had Mangala on in the second half. Yeah, you wonder in the Champions League if if City do draw a team that will take it to them. Like City Real Madrid at some point would be a great mm. tie, I think, just because. You know, Real Madrid won't sit back. 
Yeah. Uh, and and they will probably try, and especially if you've got Otamendi and Mangala playing, because company's done his calf again. Mm. Um, and you have... When have John Stone, when's John Stone's due to come back? It's the next few weeks, isn't it? Yeah, yeah you hope Christmas so. Because, I mean, the fact that they're doing this without Stones as well, yeah. who, you know, he's kind of a key cog in, in terms yeah. of playing out I remember doing back. a podcast at the about two or three weeks into the season where I said something stupid like, I wonder whether City can win the league with Otamendi. Whereas, in re- like, since then, mm. he must have listened to the podcast and <laughs> he did make a mistake pinned it to his yeah. wall. Yeah. Because since then, he's been brilliant. Like, he scored, I mean... Well, he's, it's, he's, not, got, he's gone from 2 and 97 to 5 and 15. Yeah, and his defending's been... I mean, I know he was kind of... He got underneath the ball for Rashford's goal, but he his his defending's been immaculate yeah, for the yeah. most part. I think and he's done it without, well, without well, stones. I was talking to some of the Argentinian guys that know him yesterday, and he said Pep has worked with him with two things in particular. First of all... Uh, an aggression at second balls in both boxes. Yeah. And then secondly, um, well, I suppose more, the more basic thing is that he just understands the system, but if they've all, it's brought a, what, they, what they all feel is a bigger composure to his game. Yeah, I remember listening he, to uh, Marty Perinow, who obviously mm. knows Pep quite well, and people around Pep, speaking on a podcast, on a different podcast last week, which is really good. And he said that the change not to Mendy has been crazy. Um, obviously, lots of players have improved under Pep, but... Otamendi is probably the one who's improved the most and the most surprisingly because yeah. cause he's older, because people who saw him play for Valencia thought he was okay, but nothing special. Mm. And because he was pretty ropey in his he, first he, year he, he, at City. He feels like the most anti-Pep player possible in that he's not just, like, he's a defender. A defender was never really known for his kind of, you know, possession or like that. He's kind of just, a, he's, a, he's a battle-ready defender. And Mourinho um, kicking off post-match. I think we just need to address it because... Um, it's the, it's always the thing with him, you know, people talk about... It's, it sometimes is a bit like... No, I think Mourinho is more intelligent than Donald Trump, mm. um, <laughs> which is probably a worrying precursor to what I'm about to say. Um, what we get, we, whenever Mourinho does something, is this assumption that there's some sort of wild mind mm. game. So he goes into the Man City changing room after the game and, says, yeah. and, and is having a go at them for celebrating too loud. Um, but go, going by the reported details of this story, it feels a little bit like when he went up to Conte after the uh, the four 0 defeat to Chelsea, in that he's trying to create some sort of moral fuss yeah. to both deflect and take away from the extent of his side's beating. Yeah, yeah, because you know the diversion thing. Mm. So people always say, "Oh, you know, Mourinho wants us to be talking about that instead of of, of talking mm. about the game where they got battered." Well, you know, it, we we happily talk about both. Yeah. We, and we have extensively talked about both. Yeah, yeah. They were battered, and after the game, he tried to create a diversion, which is like what we're addressing now. I know, and you could, but it doesn't deflect from the fact that they were, <laughs> we're talking. It was again. It comes back to two opposing philosophies of football. I mean, I thought one of the things actually for all about, for all we were discussing Mourinho's post game stuff. I thought Guardiola's post game press conference was very interesting because I think he was using this victory to settle a few scores. And there was one very interesting point. I thought where he was he was talking about first of all when Mourinho's accusation that the whole game came down to this Herrera dive, and it was a dive. It wasn't a penalty. I didn't think it was a penalty. Um. And then about the city diving themselves, so Pep finally addressed that, uh, and he and he, he started to go on a, a team that has 65 percent, seventy percent of the ball in every game. That is honesty. That's courage, or something along those lines. I think that's that's that says more than he's actually saying because I think it touches on this whole idea that well, first of all, it's it's difficult not to think he was referencing this this reported belief that, that Mourinho has that 
his whole football idea is based on if you have the ball, you're more likely to make a mistake. So it's obviously the courage to not make a mistake, which is what Guardiola's football is all about. And it does touch, I, mean, there's, I think there's a famous, I remember seeing a clip of Bill Shankly talking about exactly this when he talks about courage in football. It's not, it's not being willing to be physical, it's not getting into a tackle. It's actually being willing to express yourself and get on the ball. And Guardiola's entire coaching philosophy is built around that. And I think we saw the very two disparate effects yesterday, particularly in the first 30 minutes, when suddenly City were just kind of weaving their way through the United. In fact, and the only reason that game wasn't worse, and there's been a lot of talk about, oh, the guy didn't have that many saves. City actually just slightly over-elaborated. There was so many times... City were quite imprecise in the final third, weren't they? There were lots of times... Either where they couldn't get a shot away or the final pass went wrong. or I mean, I don't think Gabriel yeah. Jesus... I thought Gabriel Jesus played well in general, but he was a bit yeah. sloppy in the box. Well, it was two more... Like, I think there was, there was three moves in total that either ended with one of the one of the two, Sterling and, and Jesus. They, they worked their way in. And it sort of took like two or three touches too many and then finished these kind of like low, weird yeah. shots. Yeah, there were quite a few scuff finishes. I was wondering whether it was because... Sane with Sane on the right, Sterling through the middle, and Jesus kind of cutting in from the left. They're all like slightly, slightly unfamiliar roles, and mm. they, it looked like they weren't fully prepared for kind of what run to make, what pass to make mm. in the final third because of the uh, that unfamiliarity. Yeah. it was a theme that came from both of these derbies, though, wasn't it? That you know Liverpool accused Everton of basically not having tried to play, mm. and and then what happened with Manchester United where they they just didn't try to play. Um, I think. Everyone has said now that Man City are going to win the title. There's no one any, sees any way that they can get caught. Um, it's, a rec- it's a record lead for the stage of the season, isn't it? Do you think they're going to get the record points haul? The only thing that could hold that back, I think, is the fact if they go far in Europe and then suddenly they're going to compromise, yeah. which is fair enough. Like, cause, yeah, well, the, the, the Champions League means a lot more than a record points si- They could drop 16 points in mm. the last 22 games and still get 96 points. <laughs> So they can they can drop twelve points. I I I think twelve points sounds like a reasonable number of points yeah. for them to drop over twenty two games. Mm-hmm. Drop twelve points, they get hundred. Mm. I think I think we're on course for hundred points. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. And and in, you've got to assume now that Guardiola will turn his attentions, like us in this podcast, to the Champions League uh, and the Champions League draw. Manchester City got the easiest draw of the lot. Um, Jack... Uh, I'm sure he won't mind me revealing, referred to it as a bye to the quarterfinals. Uh, FC Basel, what do we think about that? Yeah, I mean, the only the only issue with that is that you wonder whether, you know, it will kind of detract from motivation and if City, particularly if City, are focusing on the Prem or whatever, and if they take their eye off the ball, then maybe they could lose. When but, is Mendy back? Uh, Pep said, hopefully for the semifinals. Okay, so that's still a way off. Yeah. The shark. But, you know... 
it's a boost if they do get him back because mm. Delph does look a little bit suspect. I thought yesterday was Delph's worst game. Definitely as left his back. worst game as left back. Made a few mistakes. They targeted him, I think. Actually, you know, in, in their few attacks that they obviously went for Delph every single time. Yeah, um, so somewhere somewhere vaguely in the region between Lukaku's touch and <laughs> and Delph's. Lukaku's touch or, or a clearance to Rose Ed, whatever. Two assists. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I did I have to say, I, I, when Edison saved that woman's face, I was, gonna, oh, I was beginning to feel sorry for, uh, for Lukaku. Manchester United uh, also got a, I think we can call it a friendly draw. Um, Sevilla are a good side and have had mm. success in, in European competitions. Um, but they are not, you know, we saw them against Liverpool and they were, they were fine. Mm. Yeah, they came back from, came back from 2-0 down, wasn't it, in that game? Yeah. 3-0 uh, down. 3-0 down, yes. Um, so, P- you know, Peace one ball. They're a good side, but they are one of three La Liga teams to have got a, a, a tough draw. Sevilla Man United. Um, but it, it, much as we're criticising Mourinho, uh-huh. I, I, I think they'd be very dangerous in the Champions League. Of course. Mm. So, if, if, I mean, if they knock out Sevilla and get to the Champions mm. League quarterfinals, in many ways, it's already a good season. Yeah. Mar- I mean, it's one of Man United's best seasons in... Well, didn't Moyes get... Where did Moyes get? Quarterfinals. He got quarterfinals. I remember those briefly. They're, they're going to be in the semis and ever scored that goal in Bayern and then they conceded two minutes later. Yeah, that was... God, that was crazy, that Moyes season. Um, so, Real Madrid, the other La Liga team who are struggling a little after drawing PSG. Uh, we'll talk about that one in a bit. Chelsea have got Barcelona, which we think, you know, is another great draw. Mm. So... La Liga have dominated, the Spanish teams have dominated this competition for the last few years, but the, th- the only three teams they've got left, remember Atletico got yeah. bombed out of a group they should have won, um, and now three La Liga teams feasibly could be out before the quarterfinals. Well, how do you see Chelsea-Barcelona going? I think that's very, very 50-50. It's even, isn't it? Yeah. Valverde's Barcelona are not the Barcelona people. Have, uh, mm. I, I mean, I guess with a lot of English teams in the Champions League, people might not have seen that much Barca this season, but... This is not vintage yeah. Barca by any stretch. However, and, and they're probably harder to beat. Yeah, uh, well, the dependency on Messi is greater than ever. Yes, massively. Mm. Um, if Messi is out for this game, yeah. then then actually, y- can't they on, on Messi is going to be very interesting. You think that's what they'll do? You have to think so, right? especially given especially given how how much Messi drops now. Like, that could be that could be fascinating. The kind of the, the best Barca, against the Barca best Barca will player. buy in January. That's true. As That's well, one yeah. thing you can guarantee. They're yeah. going to buy in January. and They're going to buy in the summer. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, it wouldn't be the first team to to buy kind of with one of those Champions League ties in mind. Um, we we've talked. We'll love Dem- Dembele back as well. Juve uh, Spurs, Jack. Uh, I haven't mentioned yet. That's a belter, isn't it? Yeah, it's really good. Poch um, wanted a big team. Yeah, Pochettino said that he'd wanted to face top opposition. I think they've got no reason to be worried, given how well they did against Real Madrid and Borussia Dortmund in the group stage. Of course, Spurs also beat Juventus in a pre-season friendly back in August. Which is huge. Yeah. So I think Soko the star there, so we can assume that's going to happen again. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I've, I'd be quite optimistic from a Spurs perspective about these ties, um, not just from a kind of what a great spectacle it's going to be perspective, uh, but also because I think they can probably get through. I mean, I don't think Juventus are unbeatable, uh, even though they... And also, I think they're kind of coming down from the realisation they're probably not going to... This group of players are probably not going to win the Champions League. You Would you prefer, on Wednesday, 7th of March, you prefer to go to Spurs-Juve or Man City-Basel? Well, Spurs-Juve will be a much better game. So uh, we could probably put you down for that. Um, I think that'll be 
I think it'll be like one of those games where, like, when it's at Wembley as well, it feels fitting. Mm. You know, there's a lot of these yeah, games yeah. where it's like... Uh, if it's Stoke at home, yeah. it does feel like you think, why why exactly are we playing this game at Wembley? <laughs> Whereas for you... like you, Spurs, you, Real Madrid, you, an yeah. occasion. Yeah, Spurs, yeah that was a great occasion. occasion. And it, seem, it seems to get... Spurs going for Wembley as well. I, mean, I think one of the problems they've had, and Gary Megson was big in this after the West Brom game, you know, look, you know, we're, we're, we're finally getting to play at Wembley. Get to, we're up for it then. Gary Megson getting a mention on the Indie Football Podcast, weirdly. Uh, I like him. After years in the abyss. Mm. Is he, st- he hasn't stayed on with Pards, I don't think. Mm. I'd be very so. surprised. I have to check that one out. Um, <laughs> Porto v Liverpool, we haven't mentioned. Um, Porto's a great city. Nice city. Sergio Conceição, talented young manager, did well at none. Um, Got a hat-trick against... In the Euro, Euro 2000s. Anyone know that one? Euro 2000? Yeah, hat-trick against Germany. A flattened Germany team. Well, he's yeah. um, he's done all right at Porto. He, he did a great job at Nantes. He's been replaced by Claudio Ranieri. Mm. He took the job at Porto, which was like his dream job. Um, very talented young coach. I was talking to someone who knows him very well recently, and I said, you know, this is his dream job. Then he, he, he wants to kind of do everything with Porto. And they said, no, no, he, he wants to go to the top. Like, so he's mm. going to see this as an opportunity to get really noticed on the European scale. And mm. then Porto aren't a bad team. They've got good players, yes, in Brahimi, and, and players like that are going to cause problems. So it'll be interesting to see that against Liverpool though they did have an easy group so it's hard to gauge just how good they are but yeah. that, that group of was it Porto yeah, well, it, was a, it was a group that looked a lot more even than it, was, than it ended up Leipzig mm. Monaco Monaco yeah yeah. So so about, yeah, yeah. it was they, four they, kind of seven out of ten teams four, four seven out of ten teams so Porto got Liverpool so the, the, the draw in full for you Juventus against Tottenham pick a team Tottenham 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 much confidence Basel versus Manchester City 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 Porto Liverpool Liverpool God I Ang- Anglophiles in the room. Uh, Sevilla versus Manchester United. 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 Real Madrid versus Paris Saint Germain. I'd love to say Madrid, but I think Paris probably get through. I mean, it, I mean, so first, much can change. First leg is at the Bernabeu, so the old remontada is probably off. The oh, they table. Get the, yeah, yeah. Oh, they don't. They won't, they won't be used to. They that. love a second leg at home. They do. Yeah, yeah. Huge part of the folklore. Um, a real interesting clash uh, between kind of European Cup past and possibly Champions League future. The establishment against the uh, the new Orish. Yes, uh, I mean it would mean a lot to Nasser El Khalifi and Chums mm. if they uh, knocked off Real Madrid. Um, but you fancy PSG? You fancy Real Madrid? Real Madrid for that. Um, Shakhtar against Roma. We haven't mentioned because it's dull. Anyone? Could, oh, could be a good game. Could be a good game. Two two good teams this season. Shakhtar Actually, really oh, to be fair to Shakhtar, I was quite impressed by their mm. game against City. But Roma, you Shakhtar. Think, you think Shakhtar is Roma? Excellent. Really? Chelsea Barca. No, I fancy this one. Ooh. I think that's basically like Miguel was saying. I think it's basically a coin flip. Mm. I'm gonna. S- I actually don't think this is as good a tie as, as Miguel thinks it is. But no. Uh, I'm going to say Chelsea because I love the English teams. Uh, and <laughs> you, also you do. You, on a good, they're really good on the <laughs> Chelsea on their day could probably beat anyone, I think. I mean, obviously, yeah. that's also true of Barcelona. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just think that... Just a messy I think factor. Chelsea... Have, yeah, Chelsea got some... Chelsea are strong. They're solid. They're better organised. There's nothing better than just getting to see Messi on English soil, is yeah. it? I mean, he's just... Never scored against Chelsea. And the final one is Bayern Munich against Besiktas. Bayern Munich and Bayern Munich could end up surprising a few people. Well, not surprising, maybe that's the wrong word given their their pedigree. But they were almost kind of to an extent written off. Sack Ancelotti, bringing back Heinks, 
and yet now they could uh, and I think there won't be that much attention on them because it's quite a it's it's a low profile draw it is or a low wattage draw compared to the others so I think I think they could suddenly be in the quarters to semis and then Oh no, Bayern are looking good again. Uh, you're wrong. The answer is actually Besiktas. <laughs> you know, I, I, I thought you might lean that way. Why is that? Why is that, Jack? Because uh, they do hilarious videos on social media for signings. Yeah. They've got a fantastic new stadium in the middle of Istanbul. They've got Pepe. They've got Gary Medel. They've got Alvaro Negredo. Jermaine Lenz. That is Ogazan, the ultimate shit out team, isn't it? Ricardo Gary Medel and Pepe. Ricardo Caresma, Ogazan Cup, Cheng Tozen. Yeah, basically, that's your Cheng Tozen. Cheng Tozen could oh, yeah. be gone by then. Well, he could be uh, playing his trade in yeah. South London. What? Um, so you're, you're a black eagle, is it? All the way. Uh-oh. I thought they were the. <laughs> who's the crocodiles? Alberta Spore, the, the ones at the Crocodile Stadium. Um, so yeah, sorry, sli- slightly. Uh, rambling uh, at the end there but the uh, key thing is all five teams from England will be going through in the Champions League as decided by Jack and Miguel that's never happened before for any country that's never happened before Um, it's what Brexit England deserves Mm. yeah what what do they do we just basically appoint loads of uh, foreign experts (laughs) Pochettino Conte Guardiola Mourinho Klopp um do you want to discuss the bottom half of the Premier League, which is 10 teams separated by do you, seven do you, points? Do you, do you want to rant about Palace for a bit? No, I've got no desire to talk about that football club. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's interesting well, looking well, at it. We should probably give Moisey a bit of credit. Yeah, go on. Well, yeah. I, I actually didn't see West Ham Chelsea, so please mm. do. They were very, 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 very well organised. They kind of carried on from where they did against City, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, also, it was an organisation that was completely missing from Moyes at... Manchester United and Sunderland. Now, I suppose with Manchester United, the issue, they didn't quite require organisation. They required something more that looked a level beyond Moyes. Um, and then it looked like he was kind of a busted flush at Sunderland. He just couldn't get that anymore. And this was this was a classically Moyes performance. And I mean that in the most positive way. Yeah, completely. You know, organised, hardworking, mm. like capable of making the most of not much possession. Mm. Really impressive. So much so that you now think, well, they probably will actually stay up. Uh, West Ham winning 1-0 against Chelsea. Marko Arnautovic with the only goal. Um, Miguel, remember, tipped him for signing of the season. I think that's, could, could he? Could he? Was that second goal of the season? Yeah, uh, just needed the right manager. Burnley beat Watford. Burnley are seventh um, on 28 points. Level with Tottenham, just one point behind Arsenal. Um, something I never thought I'd be saying. Uh, <laughs> Palace drew 2-2 with Bournemouth. Um, well, you might have said in 1960. Well, yeah, but I wasn't alive in 1960. Um, Christian Benteke uh, having a last-minute penalty saved. Huddersfield 2, Brighton 0, which clouds the picture again as it drags Brighton really into the relegation mix. That bottom 11 team is just a, uh, just a mess of yeah. of middling, mediocre sides who, it's a, it's who beat mate. each other any week. It's a lottery, mate. Yeah. Huddersfield, uh, sorry, Swansea beat West Brom. Tottenham smashed Stoke. And then Leicester got a late own goal to win against Newcastle, which is apparently got them going wild in the northeast, according to our uh, northeastern correspondent Martin Hardy today. So that's uh, the Premier League, that's the Champions League. Oh, the Europa League, Arsenal drew Ostersons, um, who are managed by the only Englishman coaching in European competition now. So uh, we will obviously give uh, full coverage of that and uh, the rest of the Premier League fixtures, which are this week. Um, anything, uh, what game are you going to tomorrow or Wednesday? I'm going to West Ham Arsenal on Wednesday before our Christmas party. So you're looking forward to, to Moyes shutting down Wenger's men. Uh, Jack, what for you on Wednesday? Uh, Tottenham against Brighton. Tottenham against Brighton, um, a stellar clash. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to one. So that is all we've got time for today. Be- before anyone else tweets in, we do know that the Porto manager last season was Nuno Espirito Santo, now oh, of yeah. Wolverhampton Wanderers. Oh, Nuno, is it? 
Nuno got sacked then by Porto. Yeah, and then Marco Silva turned the job down. Do you want to make Do you want to make your point about Mourinho's quote as well? Because it was funny. Well, I was going to make a, I was going to make a point comparing Mourinho to Donald Trump, but then Ed stole it from me. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't. No, I set you up for it, and then you didn't. Uh, take yeah, it's not the really set up when you. It's, it's not really set up. You scored the goal yourself. <laughs> An absolute disgrace to Acuna. I'm just going to have to have this uh, struck from the record. I set you up perfectly, and then you just like, you just left it there with the slam. The ball's up in the air. You're about to slam, and then you just let it bounce. No, you didn't. That's, that's, <laughs> you literally took the, the, the punchline. That's literally what occurred. <laughs> Go on, though. Go on. Well, no, I mean, I was gonna, what I was going to say Wait. was that Mourinho comparing um, Mourinho's language, like two two disgraceful goals, two very bad goals, incredibly lucky, was like reading a Donald Trump tweet. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like an Easter egg for anyone who actually gets through to the end of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, not Miguel, because he recently told me he never listens to the <laughs> podcast um, because he's a self-involved arsehole. Um, but yeah, Easter egg for everyone involved. Uh, this has been the Indie Football Podcast. Uh, I've been Ed Malley and this has been Miguel Delaney. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Jack Pitbrook. I'm off to go and play Man's Not Hot to Ed so you can get my cultural references <laughs> and, next time. Uh, thanks to producer Tom today standing in for the uh, traitorous producer Matt Murphy and we will talk to you soon. <laughs>